Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, a lot of times we talk about Leon Tailoring, first thing that comes to mind is menswear, but Leon Tailoring actually has a pretty extensive collection for the ladies as well. As the weather gets a little bit warmer, maybe I'll need things as heavy, so maybe that light blouse, or maybe a nice short sleeve shirt, or maybe a sleeveless shirt. No matter what it is, ladies, you can be taken care of over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy go to extra special care to make sure you look good. So, ladies, don't hesitate. Swing by Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware downtown Indianapolis. Well, with more stories of violence this week in Indianapolis, including three Dutchmen who were shot, uh, Dutch uh, guard soldiers, uh, shot downtown, we figured we'd take our good friend Reverend Charles Harrison, uh, see how the fight against crime and violent crime is going in the city of Indianapolis. So Reverend Harrison, my friend, always good to talk to you, although I wish it was under, under, under different circumstances. I know, Abdul. It's always good to talk to you. Um, so so uh, first, first we'll start. Uh, your thoughts to the to the downtown shooting, because normally uh, downtown, for the most part, is relatively safe. You get, you'll get a, an occasional uh, incident every once in a while. Uh, your thoughts? Well, certainly I'm, I'm saddened uh, by what happened this weekend that involved uh, three uh, Dutch soldiers, and, and tragically one of them died. Uh, but I do think it, it has been a, a growing concern that, that some of us have had is that downtown, you know, which used to be considered, you know, one of the safest uh, parts of the city, um, you know, we have seen, I think, over the years, uh, more shootings down there uh, that certainly concern us that have led to injuries and and homicides more than what we have seen in the past. So certainly that is concerning um, that uh, that happened, and, and uh, my heart just goes out to particularly uh, the soldier that was killed, uh, his family. Uh, what does it say about crime overall in Indianapolis, do you think, when, when people are literally doing drive-by shootings in downtown Indianapolis? Now, now, be, now granted, it was like you know, early in the morning, so it's not like there were, there were families out. It's not like you know, 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, per se, but, but, that, but that can't help the city's image. Well, it certainly can't help the city's image when, you know, this not only made national news, but international news. Um, and you have the White House now involved and the State Department. So certainly it doesn't help the city's image. And, and particularly when the city has had, um, you know, six years, uh, really, really seven years of the highest level of violence um, that the city's seen in its in its history, and now we're in the eighth year, and we don't know quite where we're going to end up. But certainly, it's going to end in the top seven or eight again. And and I, I think Abdul, um, you know, even though the numbers are down um, this year as far as uh, sh- uh, non-fatal shootings and um, homicides and criminal homicides, the numbers are still way too high. And, you know, if you keep the shooting numbers at the level that they are this year, then certainly we could end up with a lot more homicides going into, you know, next year than what we're seeing this year. And and that really concerns me. I, I try to focus on uh, those non-fatal shootings and stabbings that we're seeing, and, and they are still very high and very concerning to me. Um, and I think we still have a lot of work to do. And it's interesting you bring up uh, sort of our murder rate, because you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Our murder rate is down uh, than it was last year. But also last year, on the one, I would say one of our highest murder rates in record. Number two, we also had several mass shootings. So if you take that out, it's, it's, it, the numbers are still relatively close. Well, well, they are, and 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 what we're seeing, I think, in the last month, we're seeing another uptick, and we hope that that's not going to be indicative 
uh, of what we're going to see as we close out the end of the year. And and I think that kind of gets lost in these numbers is that uh, if you take out the, the three, I think it was three mass shootings last year that totaled about 18 um, homicides. I mean, if you take those out of last year's numbers, they are uh, fairly close uh, to this year's numbers. Our guests on the program today is our good friend, Reverend Charles Harris, and the Ten Point Coalition, just sort of trying to make sense of uh, Indianapolis' murder uh, as, of, as of late. Uh, Reverend Harris, you talked about uh, sort of the non-fatal shootings. No, no, I'm sorry, take that back. Before I get to that, uh, juvenile shootings. Our, our juvenile, uh, although our murder record is down, it is up in the juvenile area. Uh, what's going on? What are you hearing out there? Well, certainly that is an area of concern, Abdul. And when we're out, I will say we are seeing more juveniles uh, with guns, and they're showing um, their guns with these um, what seems to be extended magazines. I I have it, uh, you know, my 23 years of doing this kind of work, um, seeing as many juveniles uh, carrying weapons openly uh, like I have this year. Um, And and that certainly is a concern that we have more of them, you know, carrying guns. uh, And sadly, they seem to be dealing with their uh, beefs and conflicts with each other uh, through violence. And I think that number uh, may continue to go up because they seem to be getting younger and younger unless we, you know, have more, uh, kind of boots on the ground strategies that are, are trying to engage these these young people all over the city, and, and I think what's really making it hard, Abdul, is that it's not just in our traditional uh, historical high, uh, you know, crime areas of the city. It's more widespread now than what we have seen, you know, in in the past ten, fifteen years that makes it a lot harder to get our arms around it now. And what what do you think is the cause of all that? Do you, do you think is it is it is it is it the family unit? Is is it is it lack of jobs and opportunities? Is, is what what's going on do you think? Well, you know, my viewpoint on it will certainly be different from other people who would certainly say uh, you know, the, the issue of poverty is is driving it. Um I I I just think that the young people today have no moral compass and have no regard for the sanctity of human life. And I think it's being driven by a a lot of different things out there. Certainly the music, the culture, the video games, you know, all of these things I think is is driving um, this violence. And um, I think the breakdown in in the uh, black family, I think it's driving a lot of the violence that we're seeing, uh, you know, in the urban core. Uh, my friend, you also talked about uh, sort of non-fatal shootings, but you said those tend to concern you. How come? Well, because uh, uh, the, the, we're still at a very high rate of non-fatal shootings. So, you know, the bullet goes, you know, one inch in either direction. You know, that could uh, be a homicide rather than, uh, you know, a non-fatal shooting. And, and, and that was a concern that we had in, in 2019. When the numbers came down in 2019, and I think we, we thought – as a city, we had turned the corner. The next year, in in 2020, we ended up with 245 homicides, and we based our concern on just the number of non-fatal shootings was still too high. And if you keep it at this high rate, uh, from year to year, um, you could end up with a lot more homicides from one year to the next. And I think you've got to drive those non-fatal shootings down to have a consistent reduction in uh, murders and homicides in the city.
Now it's interesting, my friend, because I know uh, some folks have blamed those sort of sort of mental health needs, uh, saying, you know what, the, it, it's disruptive and it, it hurts young people, the whole nine yards. Uh, what do you think is, is responsible for, for our non-fatal shooting uh, instance we're having in Indianapolis? Well, I, I think it's, it's more of the interpersonal conflicts. I, I'm, you know, I do, I'm telling you, they are, they are dealing with uh, their, their being on another through violence. Whoops, my friend, you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, we lost it for just a quick second. I'll let you go ahead and uh, repeat your answer. Yeah, you, you know, I, I hear people talking about that, but, but you know, what, what we're seeing is that the interpersonal conflict is, is playing a major role today uh, in the, the increase in non-fatal shootings that we're seeing. Uh, things that, you know, people would, would get into uh, beefs about and, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that would not lead to a shooting is leading to a shooting today um, that, that is leaving people, uh, you know, injured or, or they end up being killed. And, and I think that is playing a major role. It's not always gang violence. It's not always drug violence. But sometimes people are just beefing with one another, and it leads to someone getting uh, shot and injured and shot and killed. Our guest on the program today is our good friend, the Reverend Charles Harrison of the Ten Point Coalition. We're taking a look at any sort of crime issues uh, that has been having as of late, uh, particularly with the downtown shooting that we saw uh, last week. Uh, Reverend Harris, I want to talk about uh, just some of the things the city has done. They, they put together the gun, uh, sort of the gun violence task force has gotten some illegally possessed weapons off the street. Uh, so sort of the mobile cameras, there's one uh, on the circle right outside the, the radio station here, right outside MS Communications. Uh, what, how do you think the city is doing with respect to, like I said, you know, dealing with our violent crime? Well, I think the, I think the city, and particularly you know law enforcement, is really doing a good job. I, I think they understand the problem. Um, they're looking across the country at what other uh, cities are doing and police departments and trying to address you know this surge in violence that we're seeing um, you know in cities across the country. And and I think they're doing a good job. I think they're working better. Uh, with uh, neighborhood groups, uh, faith-based groups, and, and trying to coordinate our efforts uh, to try to reduce the level of violence. And, and certainly with the added technology that they have put in place across the city, uh, I think we are doing a lot of the right things. I, I just think it's going to take some time um, for us to try to put this genie back in the bottle um, because, you know, I think the last 10 years we have seen a, a surge, um, you know, in shootings and homicides and, and stabbings, and it's going to take us a while uh, to turn this around. But I do think, Abdul, we are moving in the right direction. Um, it's interesting you bring that up because I want to say uh, the, the FOP recently had a sort of a no-confidence vote uh, in both the Marion County prosecutor as well as the judges, particularly over, over our system of bail and how they keep saying that it's sort of a revolving door uh, in our justice system. Well, that is an issue. I think most of us who are out here on the streets, um, you can pretty much identify uh, from neighborhood to neighborhood, from block to block, who are the individuals that are most likely to be a threat to the peace in the neighborhood. And it tends to be individuals who are repeat violent offenders. It's not always new people. And I think there is some concern that there, these individuals are not really being held accountable. Um, they're getting arrested, 
and not long after their arrest, uh, they're they are right back out on the streets, and they tend to either be um, the suspect in, in a homicide uh, or the victim, or a suspect in the shooting or the victim in a shooting, and, and that is a concern that we have, is that we have to you know, uh, address the broken judicial system in Indianapolis, particularly for repeat violent, uh, you know, uh, offenders um, who tend to be, um, you know, involved in a lot of this balance. And, and, and that has to be addressed. And, and I do agree with the, the uh, police and the FOP. And a lot of the police will, will Abdul, are not going to come forward and, and say anything. But believe me, a lot of the rank-and-file officers and, and some of the command staff uh, share their concern about uh, our broken judicial system. You know, it's interesting, my friend, because I remember a conversation we would have back in you know, 2000, 2006, 2007 uh, about sort of the, the, the overcrowded jail and the fact that you know, a person would get you know, arrested and I remember the the bail bonds would tell like, don't worry about setting bail because you'll be you'll be operation release in a, in a couple hours. They don't have space for it. It seems like we just had this problem, you know, ten years ago, then almost twenty years ago. It seems like it almost it's almost sort of the it's almost it's like a it's like repeat offender repeats itself over and over and over again. Well, it does, and and, and you're correct about that. But sadly. Um, the uh, black community is disproportionately being impacted by this. And I know there are some who, who feel like that we need to address, um, you know, mass incarceration, the overcrowding of jails, but we cannot do it at the expense of the safety of our city and in many of these neighborhoods that are bearing the brunt of this violence and are being traumatized by it. Um, we have to sit down at the table together I think the prosecutor's office, I think um, the judges uh, and the courts uh, and law enforcement and try to figure this thing out so that, um, you know, we have a better system in place uh, to try to protect, um, you know, the citizens in this community so that we don't have innocent people continually being uh, killed and we can reduce the level of the violence that we're seeing citywide. Uh, realistically, though, what can uh, particularly the, the the prosecutor do? Because you got Ryan Mears on the one hand, you got Cindy Carrasco on the other. They're, they're, obviously, they got a race going on right now. Uh, Carrasco is you know talking about sort of the revolving door system. Uh, Mears talking about you know legally possessed weapons out on the street. What what do you, what do you think the answer is? Or what should the prosecutor, the, the folks who want to be the next prosecutor of Marion County, be focusing on? Well, I, I certainly think th- those are two things. I think there is a concern, uh, and, and both have legitimate concerns. There, there, there is a concern about the revolving door, and that has to be addressed. Um, I, I'm not for sure when we talk about um, all of these, you know, uh, unlawful weapons that are on the street. I'm not for sure yet that you know what the state did in in, in the new gun law. Um, has really had much of an impact yet. And, and I think we got to wait to see what uh, the data shows, if that is uh, a cause in the increase, particularly in youth violence. Um, to me, Abdul, um, this problem with youth violence has been growing, and you know that most of the weapons that they have on the streets are unlawful, and, and they get them uh, by stealing them or, or buying them uh, through the underground economy. So uh, I, I do think we can fix the, the broken judicial system, particularly as it impacts, uh, you know, repeat violent felons. I, I'm just not for sure yet whether or not there's enough data to say that what the state of Indiana just passed that became effective July 1st with the uh, uh, 
permitless um, uh, people allowed to have guns is having an impact yet. Reverend Charles Harrison with us for a few more minutes uh, on the program today. So, Reverend Harrison, my friend, uh, what do you think is the, what do you think is the answer to all this? God, I, I think there there are so many things we have to do. I, I'm just not for sure that we're ever going to get our arms around this violence if we don't address the family, if we don't address the issue of of education, um, so that people who are um, stuck in this cycle of, of poverty and violence cannot find a way out and to restore hope where there's so much hopelessness. But but I do think the, 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 the role of the family is important. You know, I have four children. I have two sons and two daughters. And, and, and my children live, you know, in the urban core. But I do believe my wife and, and myself have played a role in helping to keep uh, particularly our, our sons on the right path. And, and I think um, the family issue is something that has to be addressed so that we address this issue of black on black violence. And I know many leaders don't like that term. But it's um, true. But it's true. But it's true. We have to address the black on black violence. And I believe that it starts with the family. I certainly believe it starts also with the church and with school. Uh, And we got to restore the moral compass in our young people that seems to be missing today uh, where they have no regard for their life or the life of another human being. So, my friend, what do you think uh, the rest of the year has in store for us? I'm going to ask you to to look in your crystal ball. Well, if the numbers that we're seeing now, if they tend um, to be the trend, uh, then we can have a very difficult last four months of the year um, if the numbers start trending the way they have uh, the last month. I hope that is not the case, uh, and I hope we can get um, a grip on this and end below 200. But I think that Indianapolis is probably going to exceed 200 homicides for the third year in a row. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been our good friend, the Reverend Charles Harrison, the 10-point coalition of assessing Indy's uh, crime and violent crime problem. Reverend Harrison, old friend, as always, sir, thank you very, very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you. Hopefully we can chat about one day how the crime rate is almost non-existent and you and I can both be out of business. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. (laughs) This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.